Hey, what's up? It's your bro, Mario Escobedo. I know. I know it's been a long time, really long time, and I'm going to explain to you what happened, why it's been such a long time since I've recorded a podcast episode for the Christian Bro Code podcast, but I'm back, and I'm really eager to share some stuff with you uh, because this is what I love to do. I, I love recording podcasts. I love sharing. I love teaching. It's one of my passions. It's one of the reasons I love, absolutely love being a pastor because every single week I get to share from the Word of God, and it's just one of my passions. And I, I'd like to think that it's one of my gifts. I'd like to think that the Lord has gifted me this way, meaning learning how to study Scripture and then how to present it in a way that uh, blesses and benefits other people. And so, in fact, the entire purpose, the reason behind this podcast is to add value to your spiritual growth as a bro. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, by that, here's what I mean. I, I want that by what I'm sharing with you in these podcasts, that I can do something to motivate you or inspire you or uh, just move you to take a step from where you are currently in your spiritual walk, in your spiritual maturity and all that stuff, take a step from where you are to where you feel God wants you to be. Now, here's the truth. Every single one of us is on this spiritual journey, this spiritual walk. And, and where we are right now is probably pretty good. I would say it's good, and thank God that we are where we are right now. But the wonderful thing about God is that He's not content with leaving us where we are. He's always got something new for us. He always has something more for us, and I think He wants us to move from where we are right now to where He wants us to be. And what I can guarantee you is that where God wants us to be is definitely better than where we currently are. And so I feel that part of my kingdom assignment, let's put it that way, part of my kingdom assignment is to share insights from Scripture that will help you advance in your spiritual walk. And so I, I, I phrase that this way, I want to add value to your spiritual growth. So I've got a topic I want to talk to you about today, and it, it has to do with parenting, how to be a, a better dad, how to improve as a dad. And if you're not a dad yet, don't tune out, because it chances are that at some point in your life, you're going to be a dad. And even if you're not a dad, this this is something that you can apply to kids that aren't even your own. I mean, if you're in a church, if you have nieces or nephews or just kids in the neighborhood, I think this is something that you can take what I'm going to talk about today and you can apply it to many different situations, even if you are not a dad yourself. So stick around and keep listening. So I'm going to be basing myself on Psalm 127. So if you've got a Bible or if you're in a place where you can follow along with the Bible, then you can turn over to Psalm 127 and start getting ready for that. But before I get into what I want to share with you, let me just explain what's been happening in my life over the past few months that has caused me to make this choice of uh, not having produced some podcast episodes in quite some time. So uh, right now at the time of this recording, it's February of 2018, early February of 2018. And if you've been following the Christian Bro Code podcast, then you know that the last episode that I published prior to this one was in August of 2017. So that's several months that I have not published a podcast. And in fact, uh, I started the podcast, the Christian Bro Code podcast, in 2017, and I got about 11 episodes in, and that was around August or so when I hit episode number 11. And then I just, I, I had to stop. Now, what was taking place? What what happened? Did I give up on it? Did I get bored with it? Absolutely not. I, I loved it. And I was, I've been thinking about podcasting almost every single day. Uh, but here's what took place. As some of you may have known, uh, my dad uh, got sick. He had a, a cancer, a very rare and aggressive form of thyroid cancer. It's called anaplastic thyroid cancer that invaded his body. And uh, he, he passed away in August of 2017. Now, when I say an aggressive form of cancer, it's incredibly aggressive. By the time the doctors detected it, it, was, it had invaded all of his upper shoulders area. It was beginning to squeeze on his airway became very difficult for him to breathe. They had to uh, put a, a tube, uh, a breathing tube, a tracheotomy, so that he could breathe. But from the time that he was diagnosed uh, to the time that he passed away, only 12 days passed. Yeah, I mean, 12 days, only 12 days from the day that the doctors detected it to the day that he passed away. Now, granted, by the time the doctors detected it, it was already at a very advanced stage. So... Um, 
it's not that it grew that quickly in 12 days. It was that it was pretty much yet pretty over pretty much overrun his body by that point, and there was really nothing the doctors could do. So, uh, with that, I was I was out of my home. I live in San Antonio, Texas, and I was gone for about three solid weeks. Uh, my dad lived in El Paso, Texas, which is about a 500 mile drive from where I live in San Antonio. And so, you know, I just I was just consumed with all of that and. Uh, all the stuff that happens after the funeral and stuff having to take care of this and that. So I had to decide on which things needed to take a back seat as I gave priority to you know, just doing a whole bunch of stuff related to my dad, uh, his illness, his passing, and all that. And I, I had to make a choice, and I decided that the podcast is one of those things that uh, even though I didn't want to necessarily, I, I, yeah, it was just the right thing. It was the right thing at the moment to to put it on hold, but believe me, I've I've been thinking about this for so long, about getting back into the seat and uh, recording and putting out a podcast episode because I, I do enjoy doing this, and I've got to say that one of the reasons that I'm I'm doing this now is because earlier this week, the time that I'm recording this, earlier this week, I had a conversation with a a guy I recently met. I I, I haven't even known this guy for a month. Okay, I've known him for a few weeks, but. We became friends because he's also a podcaster. In fact, I'd encourage you to check out his podcast. His name is Dr. Jonathan Smith, and he does Grace on uh, Fire is his podcast. Check that out on po- on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. It's worth your listen for sure. But he and I struck up a conversation, and, and I reached out to him because he's a lot further along on his podcasting journey than I am, and I just wanted to pick his brain and ask him some things about podcasting. And so we've had a couple of conversations, and we've calendared to have some more conversations here in the near future. But as as we were talking, of course, he's he's more experienced in podcasting, has more podcasting uh, episodes and, and just a lot further along in his podcasting journey than I am. He told me, just just get back in the seat, man. Just just hit record and, and go. Just You just have to do it. Get back in there and start it. And so, Jonathan, if you're listening, thank you very much for that encouragement. And uh, we just spoke about four or five days ago, and I'm recording this episode now in large part based on your encouragement to do so. So thanks a lot. And so here we are again with this episode of the Christian Bro Code Podcast, and I'm I'm ready to share something with you. And uh, I want you to I want you to tune in and, and listen, kind of lean in a little bit as we're talking about parenting and all that goes on with parenting, all the ups and downs and all the craziness that goes on with parenting. And I wanna I wanna challenge you a little bit. All right. I'm I'm not just here to make you feel good. If you're going to take a, a step forward in your spiritual growth from where you are to where God wants you to be, that's not necessarily easy. You're going to have to be challenged. You're going to have to work outside of your quote-unquote comfort zone. You're going to have to be comfortable with being challenged and not doing so well in certain things as you're learning them or as you're doing them for the first time. And so what I want to do is I want to challenge you with, with the content I'm going to share with you uh, right now. And like I said, I'm basing this this conversation that I'm having with you, I'm basing it off of Psalm 127. Now, let me tell you that I have been doing my own personal study on Psalm 127 for about the past 20 days. My, my personal Bible study time has been on nothing but Psalm 127. Now, I've been reading other passages of Scripture for sure, just like you know, my daily devotional, stuff like that, but... Bible study, deep Bible study, I've been I've been doing nothing but Psalm 127. And so just, just to give you a little bit of insight of what that means, and pardon me, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask your forgiveness ahead of time, okay? But part of what that means is that I've been I'm gonna nerd out here just for a little bit. But in my study of Psalm 127, this is how I did it, okay? I, I took out Psalm 127, I did my own translation from the original Hebrew. Uh, if if you didn't know it, I'm I'm currently a pastor, but I'm also a trained academic. I, I have a, a PhD in Hebrew Bible and Old Testament from Baylor University. In fact, I have more formal training as a scholar than I do as a pastor. Uh, and so when I do a deep Bible study, especially from the Old Testament, I don't do this with the New Testament because my Greek is just not where it needs to be. But with my Old Testament, I took out Psalm 127. I did my own translation. I you know just parsed everything and studied this and did some word studies here and there. And again, I'm nerding out on you. I get it. I know. I apologize for that. But just to give you a sense of how how much I've I've just I took a deep dive 
on Psalm 127. And then after that, I started uh, just writing some thoughts. I ended up, no kidding, no kidding, I ended up with 10 pages, okay? 10 pages, double-spaced, Times New Roman, 12 font, one-inch margins all the way around, 10 pages of just thoughts, just stuff that I wrote, my personal observations on Psalm 127. And then after that, I, I looked up some commentaries, I looked for journal articles, you know, scholarly journal articles. I just I just wanted to immerse myself in Psalm 127. And I did all of that just to serve as a as a foundation, as a basis because I knew that I didn't want to put together a scholarly article or a scholarly teaching. I didn't want to go into uh, what scholars call the redactional history of Psalm 127. I, I didn't want to get into all of that. Uh, I, I didn't want to do that. I knew that what I wanted to produce as a result of that study was something for the podcast, something that I could use as a blog entry, something that I could use as a YouTube video, something practical and accessible to all of us and something that would be helpful to all of us. And so uh, with all of that study that I was doing, number one, I've been having a great time doing it. I've been having a great time doing it. But I, I think I've got something and there's a, there's a lot there. There's there's a whole lot there in Psalm 127, but I'm just going to focus on on one or two things from Psalm 127 that I think will really add some value to your spiritual growth. And so again, it has to do with parenting. And let me let me just clue you in a little bit on where I am on my parenting journey. So I've been a parent for the past 16 and a half years. Uh, right now, in our home, we have a 16 year old daughter a 14-year-old daughter, and a six-year-old foster daughter. That, that's the current makeup of our family right now. Two teenagers and a six-year-old. And, and I'll tell you that our six-year-old foster daughter, she's been with us for 10 months. And it, for me, the most difficult thing has been having a, she, when, when we got her, she was five years old, having a five-year-old in the house again. So when she came to our house, our youngest daughter was 13. And so it had been eight years since we had a five-year-old in our home. And so things just, it, it just, wow, it just turned our world upside down, having a five-year-old, now six, having her in, in our home again. Because with our, our teenage daughters, we could say, okay, we're leaving in 15 minutes. Get ready, because we're leaving in 15 minutes. And that's it. I mean, that's that's all we had to do. They get ready, we leave in 15 minutes. But with a five-year-old, if you have young kids at home, you know that that's a completely different process that takes place. You can't tell them to get ready. You have to go and get the clothes ready for them. And then you have to stand there and help them either put their clothes on or make sure they put their clothes on and don't get distracted by 15 other things and toys that are in their room. And so it's not just telling them, go brush your teeth and get to bed. It's going and standing there and making sure they brush their teeth and then they get into bed. So our world has been changed completely because we have a six-year-old daughter in our house again, and that that's just changed things. That's that's the reality for me right now as a dad. That's our reality as parents. We have two teenagers, one who is driving, by the way, just recently started driving, a 14-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a six-year-old, and that, that's our current parenting reality. And to some extent, I feel that we're doing a little bit of a better job with our six-year-old foster daughter because... We've had the experience with our 16-year-old and our 14-year-old. We've been through that. We, we've been there before. And, and what, I, what I'm seeing in Psalm 127 is some really good and practical advice for us as parents. If you're a bro who's a dad, or you know that at some point you might be a dad, then Psalm 127 is, is some great advice, some challenging advice. I'm going to tell you this. It's challenging advice. It's not something easy, it's not something simple that we learn from Psalm 127, but it's important, and it's something that I think if you give it some attention, it, it'll be good for you. So let me jump in. You might not have the text in front of you, so I'm just going to paraphrase some parts, and then I'll read some parts directly from Psalm 127, and then talk about it some more. So in Psalm 127, you probably already know parts of this psalm, because verses 1 and 2, well, yeah, verse 1 talks about, if the Lord doesn't build the house, then the builders build it in vain, they labor in vain, that's Psalm 127. Then also in verse 1, it says, if the Lord doesn't watch over the city, then the ones who are standing guard, they do so in vain. And, and so that's talking about just involving the Lord in all of your activities, and that if you don't involve the Lord in all of your activities, then it's really foolish to, to do that. 
whatever you're engaging in is going to be a failure because you're not involving the Lord in those activities. And verse 2 kind of talks about the same thing in the sense of provision. If if you don't want to worry about your provision, what you're going to eat, how you're going to provide for your family, then what you need to do is to involve the Lord in your plans and make Him the one who is providing for you, right? So those are verses 1 and 2. Where I want to dig in is in verse 3 and probably even verse 4 a little bit. I doubt we'll get to verse 5, but really where I want to talk to you about is verses 3 and verses 4. So here's what verse 3 reads. I'm going to read it straight out of the Bible. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, and literally in the Hebrew it says fruit of the womb, (laughs) so fruit of the belly or fruit of the womb, children, are a reward from Him. Now, there are two two things that identify or describe children in this verse. And when you think about these two identifiers, it gives you a sense of how God views children. And specifically, it, it talks to you about the worth, the value that God gives children and how He sees them. Because these are the two words in verse 3 that describe the children. It says, number one, they are a heritage from the Lord, and number two, they are a reward from Him. And I want you to, I want you to think about that word heritage. Another word for that could be the word inheritance. Whatever you choose, heritage or inheritance, in the Hebrew it's nachalat, which is that word for heritage. What it is is something of value, typically that's passed on from one person to another. And so think of your you know, great aunt or whatever, or somebody in your family who passes away, but before they pass away, they, they, they go to their drawer and they take out this very special keepsake that they've had for years and for years, a family heirloom, something of great value to that person. And they say, I want you to have this. This is so important to me, and I want you to, to have it. My mom gave it to me, and her mom gave it to her, and now I'm passing it on to you. Or your your dad, uh, you, you know, your your dad gave this to me, or your grandfather gave this to me, and now I'm passing it on to you. That's that's a heritage. That's an inheritance. It's something of value to the owner that the owner is passing on to somebody else and saying, "I'm giving it to you because this is so valuable to me." And it's so important to me that I'm entrusting it to you. That's the word heritage that the psalm used to describe children. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Now, I don't want to push this analogy too far, but it talks about the the worth that the Lord gives to children. And, and if you, you again, let, let's push this analogy just a little bit further, right? You're going to put it, push it just a little bit. In a sense, we could say that at some point prior to their birth, children were God's, I hate using this word, but they were God's possession. They belonged to God. And so at the moment of conception, at the moment of birth, God passed on his heritage, his inheritance, that special treasure that special possession, he passed it on to parents. And, and here's, here's the idea. If, if we, if we you know, explore the idea of a heritage or of an inheritance a bit more, it's the idea that this is something that is so valuable, so treasured, so special to God that he's giving it. He's entrusting it to parents for safekeeping. And here's the idea, I think, behind a heritage, that you recognize how valuable that heritage was to the person who was the prior owner, that you want to treat that inheritance, that heritage, with the same value that the person who gave it to you treated it. So if God felt that children were just so precious and so valuable that the psalmist says, this is how special they are to the Lord, they're a heritage, they're a special possession that he's passing on for safekeeping to you. That's that's the level of value we're supposed to give our children. That that we're not just nannies. <laughs> we're, we're not just a babysitter until they're old enough to get out of the house. No, we have in our possession something that was passed on to us from God who who thought that children were pretty valuable and pretty special. And and I know because I've been there 
that there are stages that you go through as a parent, as your children go through different stages and, and different ages, man, I know that, that cause I went through this. I, I went through this and I love my daughters. I, I want that to be clear. I love my daughters and I know you love your kids. But there are times that, I don't know, I mean, it's tough to see them <laughs> as a special treasure when they're screaming their heads off and they don't want to go to bed and they just don't want to do this simple little thing that you need them to do and life would just be better for everybody if they just did it and they just don't want to do it because they're being a brat or because they're just being five or being nine or being a teenager. It's hard in those moments to say, you're a special treasure from the Lord. You're you're a heritage from the Lord. You're you're an inheritance. My, you have so much value in God's eyes, and you have so much value in my eyes. Now, I know that you don't doubt whether you love your kids. Or I know I never doubted whether I loved them, but it's it can be tough sometimes to to, to see them as the treasure, the heritage, the inheritance that they really are. But Psalm 127, verse 3, I think would challenge us as dads to view our kids as special possessions, special treasures that the Lord has passed on to us, that he's entrusted to us for, for safekeeping and for us to value them just as much as he values them. Children are inherited from the Lord. Now, the, the other analogy, the other word that's used in Psalm 127, verse 3, to talk about the value that children have is in the second half of verse three. So the first first half of verse three says that children are a an inheritance, the nachalat, they're an inheritance of the Lord. And uh, in verse, the second half of verse three uses another word. It uses the word sakar to talk about kids. In English, it says offspring, or like I told you, the fruit of the belly. Uh, they are a reward, a sakar from him, from the Lord. Now that word sakar is an interesting word, especially when it's applied to children, because what that word sakar literally means, uh, I know that the NIV and some other versions translate it as uh, you know, reward, a recompense, but literally in other places in the Hebrew Bible, that word means a wage. So something that you earn for doing a job is, is essentially what, what that word uh, sakar means. And so if you look up this word in different parts of the of the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible, you'll see that a sakar is something that someone earns because they did a job, because they worked. So I worked, and you give me a sakar, you give me a reward, you give me my wage, my recompense, my my just and my fair recompense for having worked. And, and I, I was thinking about that, because it's interesting to me that, uh, that, that this word is used for kids for our offspring, that they are a wage, a recompense, a reward from the Lord. And I started thinking about, okay, all right, so let me, let me think through this. Let me think through this. What, you know, like, seriously, what did I do to earn this recompense, to earn this reward, to earn this wage? And, and I think the more you think about it, that there's, there's really nothing that any one of us can do, any kind of work, to merit this wage of children, to marriage, to, to merit this beautiful reward or recompense that are our children. And as I as I was thinking about that, and I, and I was writing my my ten pages of of study and observations, and I consulted commentaries. Here's what I came to: that th the reward that we have as children from the Lord is is not for anything we did. It's not because we did a special job or we did some kind of work and it's like, oh yeah, here's your reward, here's your wage, here's your recompense. No, the reward of children is simply an expression of God's love and grace to us. There's nothing I did, there's no amount of work I did for God to deserve having children. I'm absolutely nothing. There's nothing I could have done to deserve that valuable reward, that wage from the Lord. And the only thing I can come to is to this conclusion that it's a reward, but in this sense, it's just God loving me. 
it's just an expression of God's love to me that he gave me children. I didn't earn them. I didn't work for them. They're not a recompense. They're not a wage in that respect. They're just a reward of God's love that I could have never done anything to earn on my own. I could have I could have never done anything to merit the wonderful gift that I have in my children. There's just nothing, absolutely nothing that I could have ever done to earn the reward of children. And so when you when you start thinking about that, put these two ideas, these two analogies together from Psalm 127 verse 3 that children are an inheritance, an a heritage from the Lord. And they are a reward from him, and you get a magnificent picture of the value that God has of children. Or did I say that right? That the the value that our children have in God's eyes, that the value, just the inherent value that kids have in God's eyes is such that he calls them a heritage and a reward. Just, just, Just think about that. What what that means for how we then should treat our children. If God holds them in such esteem and they're that valuable to him, then then I think that that just puts a challenge to us as fathers, as dads, as Christian bros who are, are wanting to do the right thing and advancing our spiritual growth and all that stuff. Man, it, it just means that we we have to value our children just like the original owner valued them. You know, it's, they're that treasure, that special possession that was passed on to us for safekeeping by the original owner. And because he valued them that much, it's on us to value them that much as well. And because they're a reward, an expression of his gracious love towards us, then we we treat them in a way that that we say, I understand that these these kids, regardless of how many times they frustrate me and take me to my wit's end, I understand that they are an expression of God's love to me. And, and again, I, I I've been there. I know you. Some of you might be rolling your eyes and saying, "Man, bro, if you only know." I I know. I've I've been there. I've I've been there. I have two teenagers in my house right now, and and I've got a six year old, and I've 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 been through that. I I get it. I get it. It can be tough, but. In those moments when you're you're having one of those moments with your kids and they're just not, you know, they're just not whatever, fill in the blank, they're just not, remember, try your best to remember at that moment how God values them and that they're a, a reward to you. They're an expression of his love to you. And let try to let that guide you in how you treat your kids and how how you how you are with them. And and use that knowledge, that understanding of how God views them and the value that he gives them in your behavior, your actions, and your interactions with your kids. So verse 3 talks to us all about the value, the inherent value that God gives our children, which means that that's how we should treat them, with the same value that God gives them, with the same value that God views them. That should be our baseline for the way we view our children and the way we treat our children. Now, I want to go on to verse 4. Because this is, it's all of a sudden a shift, right? A, diff, a totally different analogy is used in verse four. It almost feels like when I was learning how to drive standard, uh, you know, manual transmission, and I would grind the gears because I wasn't putting the clutch in on time or putting it, you know, far enough. It almost feels like from verse three to verse four, there's there's a grinding of gears. But but I'm gonna I'm gonna I hope to show you that it really is still the same message from verse 3 to verse 4, okay? Because here's what happens in verse 4. Let me just read verse 4. We just talked about in verse 3 about how kids are a heritage, an inheritance, they're a reward from the Lord, how beautiful, wonderful. And then in verse 4, look what verse 4 says, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. So so here's the grinding of gears that I initially saw. We go from talking about kids as a heritage and a reward to talking about kids of all things as arrows. They're arrows in the hands of a warrior. Now, if you look at the commentaries and and you look at several journal articles and, and commentaries, for the most part, here's what here's what they'll say that when you have kids, the reason they're like arrows in the hands of a warrior is because when you grow old, your kids will be able to defend you and help you just like a warrior uses arrows to defend and help himself. Now, I don't doubt that that's a you know valid interpretation, but I take a totally different view on that. For one, um, verse three talks about the value of kids 
the benefit that kids are. And then I, I just don't like the sense of verse four talking about the value that kids are to us, meaning how can they help us? I think this is all about how we should view our kids. And so here's here's how I think about verse four, like arrows in the hands of a warrior. As I was thinking about this, and, and by the way, I'm not the only one. There are commentaries who who take this similar approach. There are the scholars who take this approach. Here's, here's how I view it, that our job as parents, looking at this warrior, you know, arrows and warrior simile or metaphor or analogy, a warrior launches his arrows, not randomly, but he launches them to hit a specific target, an intended target, right? And and this word warrior in the Hebrew is the word gibor, which means, I mean, this this is like a, a, a Navy SEAL type, you know, SEAL Team 6, Green Beret. I mean, this, this is a top-notch warrior, not just some guy who just enlisted and, and hasn't learned all the ins and outs of being in the military. No, this word gibor talks about a warrior who knows what he's doing. I mean, this guy is uh, Rambo. This guy is Chuck Norris. This guy, I mean, this guy is a war, he's a gibor. So this warrior, arrows in his hands are dangerous weapons because he knows how to use them to hit the intended target. He doesn't shoot randomly. He uses them. He knows how to use them and he knows how to hit his target. So arrows in the hands of a warrior to me means this this warrior knows how to shoot his arrow, launch his arrow from the bow so that they hit the intended target. And I want to apply that same analogy to our job as parents or as dads with our kids. In this analogy, we are the warrior, okay? We are the warrior. I think there was an 80s song, a song from the 80s called I Am the Warrior. Look it up. I, I don't know. So we are the warrior in this analogy, and the 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 arrows in this analogy are our kids, and that's what verse 4 says. But here's 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 where I'm drawing the comparison, that as, as parents, as dads, we train our kids so that we can launch them from our bow, so to speak, so that they hit their intended target. It's it's our responsibility as parents to train, to guide, to help our kids so that when we launch them, metaphorically speaking, when we launch them from the bow, they hit their target. That that's and 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 notice how this ties into verse 3, okay? Here there's not a grinding of gears between verses 3 and verse 4. There is a connect in my mind. Here's the connection. Because we recognize that children are a heritage, an inheritance from the Lord, a reward from God, because we recognize the value that they have, we will invest time into training them so that they will hit the target that they're intended to hit. What is that target? Whatever plan and purpose God designed for them. Now get that. The target that we want to launch our kids to hit is not the career that we think is best for them. It's, it's not the career that we wish that we would have pursued. It's not that dream that we wish we would have fulfilled. Launching our kids from our bow like arrows is not living vicariously through our kids. I wish I had done this, so I'm going to train my kid. I'm going to direct my kid to do this. I wish I had gotten this kind of job, but because I couldn't, I'm going to I'm going to push my child to do that job. That that's the intended target I want them to hit. That that's not at all what it is. Because we recognize that they are gods to begin with, right? And he passed them on to us as a heritage and a reward. What we look to do is to train and guide our kids so that when we launch them from the bow, we've trained them to pursue the purpose and the plan and the destiny that God ordained for them since they were in the womb. I mean, that's our job as parents. My job as a dad to my three daughters is not to try to convince them to do what I did, to, to pursue the family business, so to speak, to, to follow in my footsteps. That's not my job as a dad. My job as a dad is to guide them, to train them, to help them pursue the purpose and the plan that God designed for them. Why do I do that? Because I recognize, number one, that they are gods to begin with and that he has passed them on to me as a heritage and as a reward. And, and, and I recognize that I'm not a babysitter. I'm not just waiting to survive 
this time while they're living in the house and just, okay, they're ready to live the house, man. I survived. My wife and I can, we have the house back. I mean, that that's that's not my job as a parent. My job as a parent, as a dad, as a Christian bro who's a dad, my job is to help my daughters, train them, guide them, coach them, help them, instruct them, so that when we launch them from the bow, they're on, on a path that will help them hit the intended target, which is what God purposed for them. And that takes time and patience. And I'm, I'm going to be so transparent with you. I wish I had known this when my daughters were a lot younger. I, I wish I had known this when my daughters were much, much younger. I, I, because I don't think I've always been doing that. I don't think I've always been intentionally looking for ways to train them and guide them and coach them to pursue the things that that God wants for them. I, I don't I don't think I've always done that. I, I've been doing it a lot more here recently, being a lot more intentional about coaching them and and just helping them and and telling them, hey, this stuff is going to help you when you get to college. If you can do this now, when you get to college, you'll you'll already have it as a habit, and, and you'll just you'll just be great at doing it. So, uh, you know, I, I've I've been more intentional about training them and coaching them and guiding them in that direction, but but there's no way I've been doing it for the past sixteen and thirteen years. I, I haven't been doing that. And I wish that I would have known that this was my responsibility as a parent. I guess I probably knew that in theory, but honestly, I was just trying to get some sleep every now and then. I was just I was just trying to get through the the poopy diapers phase. I was just trying to get through the potty training phase. I was just trying to get through the tantrum phase. I was just trying to get through the phase of going to a restaurant and being able to actually enjoy the entire meal phase. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I, we've my wife and I, we've been through that. I went through the whole Disney princesses phase where for the first eight, nine years of my daughter's lives, I did not watch any movie that was not a cartoon by Pixar or whatever. I've been through that. I know, I know it, I know it, I know it. And and I get that if you're in that stage now, the last thing on your mind, even though you might like to do it, is trying to help your your kids define and discover their God-given destiny. I get it. I get it. But I'm going to tell you this, that I think you're going to make life a whole lot easier for yourself when your kids hit the teenage years. If you start right now when they're toddlers and elementary age, uh, at that elementary age, if you start trying, it doesn't have to be a 24-7 thing, but if you start trying to help them discover and develop what God has for them. I think you're helping yourself and you're definitely helping your kids when you do that. And so to start wrapping this up, I'll share with you two things that I think you can start looking for that will, I think, help you begin to help your kids discover and develop the gifts and abilities that God has given them. And and by the way, this is sort of a condensed version of another episode I did for the Christian Bro Code podcast. If you go to marioescobedo.com and look for episode number eight, the title of that episode is Three Questions That Could Change Your Life. This is a condensed version of that. It's an adaptation of that. Uh, if you if you want, go to that episode. It'll help you for yourself. But I want to I want to take that content and repurpose it for you using it for your kids. So here's here's what I think you should be looking out for as you're as you're seeking to help your kids develop, uh, discover, and develop their their God given destiny because you recognize that they are a heritage and a reward, and because you want to launch them from the boat so that they hit their target, here are two things that I would look for. Number one, understand this, that God has wired them a specific way. I, I truly believe that, that God has wired each and every single one of us a specific way. And if you have more than one kid, you know this, that your kids are vastly different the one from the other. You, you know that. You know that they're wired completely differently, okay? So here's Here's what I want you to start looking out for for your kids. Start looking for those things that they do well. They're just really good at, at this, whatever that is. And you may have already picked up on that. But start looking for those things that your kids just naturally, they don't even have to try hard. They just do it well. And you compare them to their siblings or to other kids their age, maybe in their classroom, other nieces and nephews that are about their age. And you say, wow, like my kid, I'm not bragging it. Well, maybe I am bragging just a little bit, but they just do that really, really well. They do it a lot better than other kids their age, and they don't even really have to try doing that, right? They, they just they just do it well. Now, why do I want you to look for that? Because, again, I believe that God wired us to do certain things that advance His kingdom. 
And, and I believe that the things that God assigned for us to do to advance his kingdom, he wired us to be able to do those things well. Because I, I think it would be really cruel, really mean of God to say, okay, here's your assignment in the kingdom of God. Here's what I want you to do to advance my kingdom. But it would be cruel of him to give us those assignments, but not give us the ability to do them well. And I just don't see God doing things that way. He, he just doesn't do that way. In fact, in fact, I'm, I'm going to give me just a second here because I'm going to look up a scripture here that I think validates what I'm saying. It's in First Peter chapter four, verse ten, and here's here's what it says: Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. What's Peter saying? He's saying every single one of you have received a gift, and that gift should be used to serve others. That, in, in my language, I would say to advance the kingdom, right? Use that gift to serve others. And, and that gift is an expression of God's grace. And it, there, that, that expression of God's grace, it's multifaceted. It takes different forms. Every single one of us has been given gifts by the Lord to serve others, to advance his kingdom. And your kids are no exception. God has given them a special set of tasks and assignments that he wants them to complete for the kingdom, but he hardwired abilities and gifts and just strengths into them to be able to fulfill those tasks. Start looking for what your kids do naturally well. Now, this doesn't mean that they're already pros at this and that they'll never have to work at getting better or developing them. No, 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 that's not what it means. But you already begin to see that there are things that they just do well. I mean, they're just, they just do it well, right? Start looking for those things because what that means is that you're picking up on the way that God has hardwired them. And, and it's going to be easier for you down the road to begin to identify the things that God wants them to do to advance the kingdom. So number one, start looking for things that your kids do naturally well as you begin to train them to launch them from the bow. The second thing, look for things that your kids genuinely enjoy doing. I mean, they just have a they, they really enjoy doing something. Now, depending on the edge of your kid, I, I know this can be tough because it, it almost seems as if what they like doing changes from one week to the next. I get that. I mean, I get that. One day they're just passionate and they want to be an artist. The next week they're passionate and they want to be a school teacher. Then they want to be a lawyer. I, I get it. Their interests, their passions change at that age and as they're growing, stuff can change from one week to the next. I get it. But I think if you're an observant father, if, if you just start, if you're patient and don't say, well, last week you wanted to do this and now you want to do that, well, make up your mind. No, they don't have to make up their mind right now. But as an observant father, I think you're smart enough to begin to pick up on some patterns, some some things that are common, you know, from from one thing to the next, from one interest to the next. Or, or you might see that your kid, yeah, their interests might change from one week to the next, but there's always this one thing that they keep coming back to because they really enjoy doing it. Start looking for those things that you detect in your kids that they do really well. Now, why is it important to do this? I'll go back to what we talked about in, in, in kingdom assignment, that God has assigned each of us, including your kids, to fulfill some sort of kingdom assignment. I truly believe that the assignments that God wants us to fulfill, to fulfill in his kingdom are things that we would actually enjoy doing. I, again, I would think it would be really mean, really cruel of God to say, okay, here's your kingdom assignment, but you know what? I'm sorry. You're going to hate doing it. You're just not going to like doing it. I, I think God wired us in such a way to do certain kingdom assignments, but those assignments are things that we would absolutely love doing. So I'll, I'll use myself as an example. I feel that part of my kingdom assignment is to equip other Christians, right? To add value to the spiritual growth of other Christians. Uh, and, and and it's something I love doing. I, I can spend hours. I told you that I've spent the past 20 days, literally every single day for the past 20, well, I'm lying, just one day out of the past 20 days. It's been 19 out of 20 days where every single day I've been doing a deep study on Psalm 127. And I've got to tell you that I love doing it. I do it first thing in the morning from 8 to 8.45, right? It's not a whole lot of time, but it's, I've done it every single morning for the past 19 out of 20 days. And I love doing it. In fact, when I do that first thing, and this is the reason I do it first thing in the morning, it really doesn't matter what happens the rest of the day. I already feel as if my day was completely productive. 
because I love doing it. And and I mean, I, I don't mean to toot my own horn. Maybe I'm delusional or something, but I feel I do it well. I feel I do a decent job of doing study and then presenting it. And and so I, I like doing it and I feel I do it well. Well, guess what? That that really aligns with my kingdom assignment of being a, a teacher, of being a pastor, a preacher, someone who adds value to the spiritual growth of others. It, it works for me. It's no different with your kids. And here's here's the key. Here's what's really important. Don't just look for things that they do really well and, and have them pursue that. Because when that happens... They, they might do it well, but if they don't enjoy doing it, they're going to burn out. And, and they're, they're going to dread, they're going to dread having to do that activity because, yeah, they might do it well, but they don't, they don't enjoy it. They don't find joy in it. Then, I mean, it's just, it's just not going to work out for them. On the other hand, don't just train them to pursue things that they enjoy doing, but that they don't do well because they might really like doing it, but if they don't do well, they just don't have a knack for doing it. You're setting them up for frustration and failure. And listen, nobody likes to be a failure. No one likes to feel that, man, I'm doing all this, but I I just can't do it right. I can't do it well. They're going to give up. They're going to get frustrated with that. I think it's important for you to look for some overlap. This is the key. Look for the overlap. What are those activities, those things that your children both, they they both like to do them, they, they enjoy doing it, and they do it well Look for the overlap. Which are the activities that you can answer the question? Do they do it well? Yes. Do they enjoy doing it? Yes. They enjoy both. You can answer yes to both of those questions. I think that's a good place to start for you to begin to train them, to lead them, to guide them into pursuing those things because that's that's a good indicator of what possibly could be their kingdom assignment. And I think the earlier you can begin to lead your kids, the better. You're going to make some decisions that will automatically make some other decisions. If you can begin to identify those things early on, then then they'll know what college degree they'll have to pursue, right? They'll know what kind of job they'll have to go. They'll know what kind of of, of internships to do while they're in high school. And and you you as a parent, as a dad, what you're doing is that you're training them. You're leading them. You're guiding them. You're preparing the arrows. You're the warrior. You're the hero. You're the Navy SEAL. You're preparing the arrows for the moment when you're going to launch them. And you're doing all of that. Why? Because you recognize that children are a heritage from the Lord and that they are a reward from Him. So that's that's what I've got for you today. Recognize the value that God has given your children and that He expects you to treat them and to view them with that same value and then be intentional about training and guiding them to discover and develop the God-given abilities, strengths, and gifts that he's given them so that they can fulfill their kingdom purpose. And so I hope that adds value to your spiritual growth. Uh, Definitely, I hope it adds value to your kids' spiritual growth. Begin to think about ways that you can can start implementing this. It's a tall order. I get it. it. It's a lot to ask. I understand. But look, this is what you signed up for. <laughs> this is part of being a dad. This is part of being a Christian bro who is a dad. Where you're not a babysitter. You're not just a provider of money. You're not just the one who gives them a roof over their head and a bed to sleep in and food to eat. You're much more than that. You are the one that God has ordained, that God has chosen to give this special heritage, this special reward to train your kids so that they fulfill their God-given assignment. Take that, take that responsibility seriously. All right, to end, what I want to do is I, I, I'm going to try to do this from now on in our different in our in the different episodes that I'm producing is uh, a different segment, and this is not going to be nearly as long as as uh, the teaching that I just shared with you. But I want to share some resources with you, stuff that has helped me that I feel might be helpful to you. And the first resource I'm going to share with you is a book that I've recently read again for the third time. Okay, I've read this book for the third time, uh, and I've I've made this an assigned reading for the team that I lead at, at the church where I pastor, and it's been incredibly beneficial for us as a team, but also as individuals. The title of the book is The One Thing. The subtitle is The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results. The authors are Gary Keller and Jay Papazan. Gary Keller is the, I think he's like the CEO or something of Keller Williams Real Estate, one of the largest, if not the largest real estate companies in the country, maybe the world, I'm not sure. 
but he wrote this book. And uh, this book is a, a huge reason of why for the past 20 days, 19 out of the past 20 days, I have been able to focus on doing Bible study. Because as the title implies, the one thing, the title suggests that there's one thing that you need to be working on. Just choose one thing and just work on that until it's done, right? And and there's there's a, a question that they pose that you can ask yourself, really in any aspect of your life, to decide what it is that you should be doing right now. The question is, what's the one thing I can do such that everything else becomes easier or unnecessary? And you can apply that to your health, to your finances, to your marriage, to your spiritual life, to your parenting, whatever. What's the one thing I can do as a as a Christian bro who is a dad that would make everything else easier or unnecessary? Answer that question and then just whatever the answer is, focus on that one thing. Uh, I've found this book incredibly helpful. Not everything in here is is gold, right? Not everything in here is perfect. But overall, I have found this book incredibly helpful. It's helping me to establish and achieve goals for myself, for the ministry that I lead at the church. So I have found it to be an incredible resource, the one thing. Now you can find this, you'll find a link, uh, you can Google it, you can find it on Amazon, or just go directly to my website, marioescobedo.com. There's a picture there of the one thing, and there's a link, and when you click on it, it takes you directly to the Amazon page where you can buy it. It's available as a Kindle book, it's available uh, probably on iBooks, and definitely available as a hardcover book, I would highly recommend that you pick up the one thing, read it, and start applying it to your life. And uh, I'll leave some links to all the stuff I'm talking about. I'll leave some links in the show notes. By the way, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. I mean, I have been listening to podcasts for a long time. And every time I would hear them talk about the show notes, I had no clue what they were talking about. For the longest time, I had no idea what show notes were. Until I finally, I don't know if I Googled it or just, I don't know how I found out, but show notes are all the things that, that I as a podcaster write in the description of the podcast. And then, so if, I don't even know how to explain show notes, but when you tap on the, 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 the image of the podcast that you're listening to right now, you should get a description and then you should get a whole bunch of other stuff. So links to my website, links to the book I just talked about, links to, links to any other resources, etc. All of that, that's in the show notes. And it took me forever to figure that out. I know, I mean, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Uh, but I, I don't want you to have to struggle with that. So when I talk about show notes, it's all the stuff that's in the description part of this episode of the podcast. So check out the show notes if you want more information on anything that I've mentioned here. For example, the book that I just talked about, the other episode, Three Questions That Could Change Your Life, episode eight of the Christian Bro Code podcast. That'll be in the show notes as well. But hey... Thanks for, for listening. This was a lot longer than uh, other episodes, but I intended it to be that way because it's been so long since I've behind, been behind the microphone. I hope that this has added value to your spiritual growth. If it has, share it with someone. Put this on your Facebook wall. Uh, tell another Christian bro that you found this awesome podcast called the Christian Bro Code Podcast. And until next time, hey, keep growing. Keep growing. Keep doing something to grow. Keep adding value to your spiritual growth. Have a good one. God bless. God bless.